0: Thank you for tuning in to the PWF Empire podcast. Jay here along with Dalton. I I was expecting for Cass to be here, and he's not. I was going to run the whole invisible man joke on you, but I can't because he's invisible right now.
1: What what are you talking about? I'm definitely Cass. I own 80 of everything. I just bought like a 45 pack of chips. But (laughs) You sound a little different, sir. Is this Jay? Is this the Jay? You sound a little different.
0: Yes, this is Jay. I don't have my uh, seductive voice, as somebody in the chat said, because I'm a little, I'm, I'm not a little, I'm a whole hell of a lot under the weather right now, but I'm going to, I'm a trooper. I'm going to, you know, uh, push through because we got some stuff to talk about this week.
1: Some stuff we do. I mean, it, it. you know, the fact that you're sick or sound a little sick is probably indicative of the times because
0: Super Gasp Raw is not unwatchable right now. Yes, it's it, it's not unwatchable. And I don't think that I've like formally declared because, you know, I'm one of those types of people. I got to, you know, make it be known anytime I do something. But it that it's pretty important because Monday Night Raw, for the better or for worse, is the franchise of WWE. And there was a stretch of time where I stopped watching Monday Night Raw. I think it was like for four months I have started back watching Raw. I started the episode before the Royal Rumble and it as Dalton said it's not unwatchable. Um but before we get to Monday Night Raw and into all of the um content provided by WWE this week, I do have a few announcements. One of them Uh-oh. I mean you already know you're you're up on well hell you haven't been here so maybe you don't I don't know maybe I'm
1: not let's find <laughs> out
0: So this is the last week that the podcast will be on YouTube this is not the end of the podcast this is just the end of us broadcasting the episodes live on YouTube So if you want to continue listening to the full episode of the podcast, you're going to have to either subscribe to us on iTunes, 100% completely free. You go to the podcast section, search for PWF Empire. Then you can find us, subscribe there. You can also check us out on Blog Talk Radio and also Stitcher and whatever the podcast app for uh, um, Android is. You can you can find us there too. Just go search the uh, store. And search for PWF Empire. The episodes will be live and they'll be on um, delay on whatever the hell you call it. You can listen to on demand. I think that's what they call it, right? Yeah. They'll be on demand on the podcast apps. You can listen to them wherever you want to, whenever you want to, um, but they won't be available on YouTube anymore. We'll upload clips and things like that, but the full episodes will be on podcasting apps.
1: If you want the juicy stuff, you know, you got to you got to
0: put some effort in. You got to show us your appreciation. And it's not even that much effort. Just go search for it, press subscribe, boom. That's it. They'll be automatically downloaded to your phone. So actually, you put in a little effort at the beginning and it's going to pay off in the long run because you press that button and boom, it's done. They they deliver it right to you. You have to click the link to go, you know, get these and that stuff. And that isn't too demanding, but you know, you know how people are these days. These millennials, no ambition. I mean- Darn those people. I mean, when you're sick, you don't want to do anything, do you, Jay? I, I, I wanted to do the show, so I'm here. That <laughs> I don't want to do much else, but I am here. Um, And the other announcement, WrestleMania. Now, you know about this one.
1: I do. I do, in fact, and I'm excited.
0: Yes, we are all planning a trip to WrestleMania. Um, it's in the final stages now. We got all of the big stuff out of the way, but... With us getting the big stuff out of the way, um Lucas was going to go with us, but he had some other obligations that he has to meet, which means that we do have one ticket left over. That may have something to do with you cuz you're you're l- listening right now like what the hell does that have to do with me? Well, if you planned on going to WrestleMania and you don't have a ticket or you know you were thinking about it, we do have one ticket left over um that was going to be lucas's ticket but it could possibly be uh one of yours so just contact me on uh, twitter and we'll see if we can set something up we may end up doing something like a contest or something like that uh we're thinking about it but we do have a wrestlemania ticket out there and if you want it just let me know and, yeah, uh, yeah
1: um it's uh it's currently
0: in my possession
1: we hope that uh, one of you enjoy yourselves with this ticket. Um, and hey, if you get it, you can say you had a famous podcaster's WrestleMania ticket. Who else can say that but you?
0: Who's the famous podcaster?
1: <laughs> uh, miss,
0: <laughs> the perpetual heel of the show. <laughs> oh, yeah, and you'll be – should we tell them that they're sitting next to Cass?
1: they uh that might demote the value of the uh ticket
0: so um you know we 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 won't won't give it to you
1: face value we'll just be (laughs) like you know we'll chop it in
0: half and that's what you get for not being here Cass. yeah throwing shade (laughs) as he would say um okay so let's talk about monday night raw now um so not unwatchable Actually,
1: moderately enjoyable, in fact.
0: Look, I'm going to say this, because you know my whole thing is criticize when necessary, but give credit where credit is due. I don't know if it's a situation where it's like absence makes the heart grow fonder or what, but I honestly enjoy watching Monday Night Raw. I do. I think that something has happened from a creative perspective, backstage, where the booking philosophy of the show has changed. And I don't think it's some drastic change to where you can see, like you, you can't look at the show and say, Oh, it's a new era of WWE. You can't look at the show and specifically point to one thing and say, you know, this changed with the show, but there's something about Monday night raw and the booking approach to the show that I am actually enjoying. And it, it, it shook the hell out of me, but it's there.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's interesting because I think one of the longstanding jokes amongst fans is that there must be a separate writing team between SmackDown and Raw, and I'm sure that not all of their writers do both shows, but I certainly think it's something as small as borrowing the philosophy that SmackDown tends to carry, and that is have all of their matches lead up to building a better show, whereas um, Raw after this brand split, seemed to just book for moment's sake. And sometimes you would have a cohesive show that kind of ran together, but it was few and far between. And I think, if nothing else, in the last two or three weeks, now that we're on this road to WrestleMania, Raw has really picked it up. I certainly think whoever adopted that uh, broadstanding philosophy over on SmackDown has lent their ear over to Raw because I have found Raw shows to be very cohesive. And like I said, I didn't change the channel. That's amazing because uh it, it has to be an absence it must make the heart grow fonder thing because i just like you took that four-month hiatus and you know now it's getting interesting and it's not just because we're going to wrestlemania
0: <laughs> that would be funny though like i'm tricking myself into liking monday night because it's like damn it you will not ruin wrestlemania this year for me but no that's not the case and i do have to say like i started watching bef- the, the episode before the royal rumble and it's been consistent since then so i mean it's a a month and some change now and i'm still liking the show and something needs to be said there uh if i could possibly kind of pinpoint where the show is kind of improving i feel like the useless moments on the show where you can blatantly see that they they have these segments here just for the purpose of killing time i've seen a decrease in those and they're building up individual components of the show and actually creating people that i want to see and that was a problem beforehand um uh, when that made me decide to stop watching monday night raw because there wasn't much keeping me there my two big folks my homeboy and my home girl Roman Reigns and Sasha Banks they fell off and it's like i i couldn't even get, be mad at myself for not watching because you know being a fan of somebody you want to watch them as they progress but i didn't sense any progression there or there at, at the very least there wasn't anything that was must see about them i look at the show now and shit there still ain't anything must see about Roman Reigns <laughs> um Sasha Banks, <laughs> she's um you can tell they have her on um they have her simmering yeah you gotta it's a, keep it's a, watching there's some bubbles there just it, a little bit it's gonna get somewhere and i know where that somewhere is We'll you know we'll save that for a later time but um i know braun strowman that dude is a motherfucking beast. He's definitely somebody that I tune in every single week on Monday Night Raw to see what it is that he's going to do, and Samoa Joe, um, and I think I got Kevin Owens back, I think.
1: that. So I'll go in order that you listed him. So Braun Strowman, it's so funny to me how last year, this time last year, if you had told me the main event of Raw was going to be Braun Strowman <laughs> versus Big Show... Ain't nobody up in that bitch going to tell you that that's going to be a fun main event to see. You have people turning the TV away. And it's funny. I saw that um, there's a picture that's been flowing around on Twitter that showed the progression of Braun Strowman and Big Show physically, how much weight they've lost and how much better they both look. Mm -hmm. And I think you mentioned at the top of the show, absence makes the heart grow fonder. I think the fact that we haven't seen somebody like Big Show who stood in opposition to Braun Strowman, and he's the old guard. He'd been around since... WCW days, he'd been around in WWE since 1999. He is definitely old guard, and for Strowman to have such an impressive, I would certainly consider it impressive, such an impressive match, um, with it just being two big men, says a lot about Strowman because there had been pictures going around the house circuit showing Strowman doing a kip-up, but Mm -hmm. so what? Just because I've seen it before doesn't make it any less impressive on TV. They pulled it off smoothly, and they used a superplex spot as Uh, a tease to the old Big Show Mark Henry, Brock Lesnar Big Show spot. That was awesome. It it, it amazes me because, like I said, I didn't think this was going to be a match that on paper sounded very interesting, but you had the whole crowd interested. You had them uh, standing up out of their seats, so I thoroughly enjoyed that. I'm liking where Strowman's going. He's looking like an actual monster, Uh and beating Big Show, being that Big Show's not been on the show, beating Big Show looks all the more impressive.
0: Yeah. And hell, if you would have told me last week that I would have been excited for a Big Show versus Braun Showman match, I would have told you you were crazy because it just seems like one of those matches where it's it, it's not going to mean much. But the way the WWE built that matchup, the way the the announcers got to give credit there as well, they sold the hell out of every single thing that happened in that match and it was an overall very enjoyable experience and i'm glad to see wwe mixing things up and they're bringing heavyweights back like those big heavyweight bouts we over the last few years have been inundated with the uh indie guy and you know oh yeah things have been moved to a much smaller scale when it comes to the wrestlers and their stature and things like that and you get some great stuff with that and i'm not saying that that's a bad thing at all but it's good to have some variety back and we get matches like uh Roman Reigns versus uh Samoa Joe and you know Big Show versus Braun Strowman mixing it up with the heavyweights i think this is some really good stuff and we have one upcoming between um Goldberg and Kevin Owens i like that they're adding that variety back to the uh show and um, what else do we have, uh, Samoa Joe?
1: There you go. So before we step away from the heavyweights, you, you cannot not mention Samoa Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, I know. You were in agreement with me on Twitter this week with Samoa Joe screaming in Sami Zayn's face. This is your world now. Oh that,
0: my god, that was amazing.
1: Oh, that was so good. Like it was, we we have been missing a badass evil like that. Like if you could just if you could bottle that intensity. And give it to Roman Reigns and have him drink that bottle once a day, uh, twice as needed. That would be what I would want. See, he has it though. He he's
0: got it, it within it's, himself. It's not an the though. Let him like, use Reigns it. has it too. Mm-hmm.
1: It's just you know Samoa Joe has the freedom of you know speaking his mind and and saying stuff that might be outside of his character's comfort zone. But you know Reigns has to be straightforward, badass. N- nah, nah. Samoa Joe. It's the funny thing because I'm not all that interested in Sami Zayn. Like, I don't dislike Sami Zayn. I have nothing against Sami Zayn. But he just doesn't wow me. He's, he's a very good seller. He's a very good prop artist um, in that he props up his opponent. But um, for somebody like Samoa Joe to beat down Sami Zayn in the way that he did and make an impact in the way that he did and use the momentum of practically crippling Seth Rollins uh, to his benefit – I think that speaks volumes, and I'm I'm glad he's here. Like, it was long overdue.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, and Kevin Owens, you do not have any idea how much joy I had watching that promo from him on Monday Night Raw. It was so damn good. And that's the Kevin... I can't see how anyone looks at that and could possibly justify him being a joke, him being a comedian, him not being Kevin Owens and being Kevin James. I can't see. That was pitch perfect. It was absolutely amazing. And that is why I complained all of those times about Kevin Owens being a friggin' joke on Monday Night Raw every single week because he has it within his capacity to be that damn awesome and I could have been in a position to where I would want to see him go into WrestleMania as champion. But even as great as the heel turn was, or I'm saying heel turn, the dude was already heel. It, yeah. It, the, the the serious turn was, and as great as the promo was, I can't sign off on him being champion though, because we we got we got way more things to accomplish. On the road to WrestleMania and, and with the Universal Championship, that's why I'm still sitting here saying, nah, you, you got to give it up, buddy. I'm sorry. The hole is too see, deep.
1: See, that's where uh, – I think that's where we differ a bit. Um, I absolutely agree that that promo on Monday night was something that was desperately needed for his character. Um, I I can certainly understand that many people thought that uh, Kevin Owens would go the way of the corporate champion and just turn into a chicken shit heel. Um, but it wasn't quite that. It was more just used for the comedy angle, and I think that speaks to the versatility of Kevin Owens' um, acting prowess because he can he played off of Chris Jericho so well that at the end of the day, I did enjoy what they were doing, and I would have liked to have seen my uh, flagship show champion be a bit more of a an aggressive champion. Or but I knew Kevin more. Owens had it in him, and I, I knew that he would eventually come back to this NXT version of himself the one that he came onto the scene as um but to address him giving up the title i'm not opposed to him giving it up i don't i'm all for something new but to give it up to a part-timer for the sake of you know propping up a billboard main event in presumably brock lesnar goldberg for the title i don't think that match in of itself warrants the title
0: it doesn't. I think the title needs them. Brock Lesnar and Goldberg don't need the Universal Championship. I think the championship needs them.
1: And I think it's a, it speaks to the... Unfortunately, you know, Wrestlemania is a billboard event. It's built up for matches that we probably wouldn't see any other time of the year, and sometimes we're lost on logic. And you're right. The title does or the match does need the title. It doesn't speak to their own build. And...
0: I think no, I, more... I didn't say the match needs the title. I said the title needs the match.
1: Or yeah, well, I, I got turned around. I pulled the cast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think there's much more to gain to for Jericho and Owens match at WrestleMania than there is for Owens to lose quickly to Goldberg because it's just going to be you're not going to get a competitive match out of Goldberg and Lesnar. Um, if you get anything at all. And I think I think Kevin Owens even spoke to that in his uh, Monday Night Raw promo, in that the longer a match goes, uh, the the advantage goes to the person Goldberg is facing. Um, and I, I like that he played that up. I think that that mirrors the issue with the championship right now. Like, why why do we feel the need to put it on part-timers just for the sake of selling a pay-per-view? I mean, I, I we already bought the tickets not knowing that that was going to be, not knowing where the title was going to go. Because I, I certainly think... Um, there's more benefit to be had between Jericho and Kevin Owens fighting over something that matters to them than two part-timers who could really care less about the belt.
0: I, I would suppose that the you what is it the United States Championship that means something to them. They can fight over that one. Because Jericho's mentioned it on TV, right?
1: It, it wasn't even it wasn't barely on camera during the Festival of Friendship. I don't, I, I don't, I don't have any interest in where the United States Championship is going. I, I think you'd be better off putting the universal title in the picture. I think the feud in and of itself does warrant something like that, but Lesnar and Goldberg is just Lesnar and Goldberg they, like their own their own hype sells it
0: at this time. I am going to welcome my former PWF Empire live co-host to the show, Stephen. I mean I'm I- going. I I wish it was going a lot better than it was, but you know you called me out on Twitter, so
2: I didn't call you out. Particularly. You you
0: challenged me.
2: Yeah, well, I, look, I'm trying to stir up a little controversy for the air here, but
0: okay, well you <laughs> is, did. You're here, but
2: now. although to be honest, I expect better from you, Jay. I thought you would uh, see this uh, this whole me? division. Wait, yeah, what does man. that say?
1: What does that say about me?
2: What? Well, look, Dalton. I don't I don't know you too well. I know I know Jay, uh he and I think alike with regard to wrestling and I, I thought I thought he would see through this uh this this shitty uh reality that is the cruiserweight division, but I guess not, so I'm here to I'm here to challenge that.
0: Okay. So I had to bring Steven on air this week because he has been going on this uh long-standing tirade against the cruiserweight division every single monday i see this dude tweeting out stuff trashing the cruiserweights i see this tweet can samoa joe destroy the cruiserweight division next that guy with the umbrella is so stupid this whole division is dumb um i'm let me see if i can find some other stuff on here um can they please quarantine this cruiserweight shit to the one show, the umbrella guy sucks, Neville is wasted on this. just a few things here, Steven. yeah, so those floor, are
2: some pretty good tweets. I'd say Trump quality tweets there
0: i I'd agree. they're definitely Trump, Trump quality, Trump quality cool. tweets um so the, the the floor is yours.
2: I mean, look man, for oh, first of all, okay i want I want make it clear. I have nothing against the uh the wrestlers themselves. I think a lot of them are great. it's they're fine. I I don't like the Umbrella guy. Uh, I mean, he's fine too, but I think he looks dumb, so that's just my opinion. (laughs) Uh, I do agree that Neville is awesome. I agree that his gimmick is awesome. And I'm willing to concede, after the points you made on Twitter, that maybe the Cruiserweight division is, if not the only way that you could pull this gimmick off, uh, a very good way to do it. So I'm willing to concede that point. But I'm still not willing to concede that the division is worth a shit at all. And I certainly don't want to see it done Raw because uh, it, ju- it just feels like I'm constantly interrupted by this universe that doesn't uh, have anything to do with the show I'm watching. I made this point um, while the Cruiserweight division was still sort of in its infancy mm-hmm. uh, in in uh, 2016, was it? Yeah. Um, it, it makes no sense in 2016. It, it really makes no sense because we live... In uh, a post cruiserweight world in in WWE, we live in a post weight division world, and this happened ever since. I'd say I'd say Rey Mysterio. Some could argue before that with Shawn Michaels and uh, guys like that, but I'd say Rey Mysterio, and I'd say um, CM Punk really solidified it, and then Finn Balor further solidified it because that's a, that's a recent thing that just happened. So you have this division, which is admittedly from kayfabe perspective a, an inferior division that this is this is to the main roster what m- the midget division was the main roster this is where people go if they can't compete with the main roster and maybe that works for neville because you could say oh neville's an insecure guy who needs to go beat up on small guys to feel good about himself i want like to say that's fine that's a that's a fine gimmick and if the if the whole division is just to get neville over then okay, then I'll give it a pass because it's a cool gimmick. But other than Neville, I I think this is ridiculous because I I get interrupted by the WWE show that I'm watching with this unrelated show called the Cruiserweight Division, which has uh, purple ropes and purple everything. It's even more incidental to the WWE roster than the Divas Division is, if, if you could believe that. Okay, the women's division now. Uh because the the women's division doesn't get its own ropes. The women's division doesn't get its own commentator. It doesn't feel like its own bubble like this division does. I feel like I'm watching a brand new show. I, and to be honest, I don't care for it. I feel like I'm I feel like I would rather this be quarantined to uh an hour of the show that I could just skip. Or just all together on the three sixty five live nonsense so I don't have to watch it all together.
0: First of all, it's two oh five live. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> and secondly I do know how you think when it comes to wrestling, and we relate a lot in that regard. This is why I have a big issue with the way that you view the Cruiserweight division. Because I honestly believe if you gave the Cruiserweight division a chance, more specifically 205 Live... You could actually see something there you like, because I think that that show is very well-structured. It features character development, and it features actual stories that you could possibly get behind. If I know you, like I think I know you, as a wrestling fan, you could possibly see something that you like with 205 Live. But it's just this thing that you refuse to get over, this inferior division. And In another tweet, you called all of the guys in there losers.
2: Well, they are losers. Here's what: by, by, by admission, why are they
0: in the division? Can but, they not go for the IC title? Are they that bad? Wouldn't that also relegate them to the position of loser as well if they're going for the intercontinental championship?
2: No, because the intercontinental uh, championship is continuous with the world championship. It's all. Who
0: would want the intercontinental championship no. over the world title?
2: Nobody. But that's not the point I'm making. I'm, the point I'm making is you have, you have two hierarchies, one of which is uh, Intercontinental Champion, World Champion. And I guess you could throw the Tag Team uh, Champions in there too, if you want. Uh, and then you have this other thing, which is just the Cruiserweight Champion. So the other division is, well, you try your best, and you fight against everyone else, and maybe, you don't, maybe you're not good enough for the world title. But at least you're fighting everyone else, right? You're still fighting. Uh, you're still fighting Cena. Sometimes he's in the the U.S. title picture. Sometimes the I.C. title picture. You're with everyone else, so you're competing with the roster that's there. The cruiserweight division is well, uh, probably not so good for these. Uh, this other roster. I'm gonna go try my luck against these. Uh, these guys who are who are no good, basically. Because go ahead, call them
0: midgets. You know you want to.
2: They're not midges, because I don't... You, I'm, you I have did! A, you called you them that on were. Twitter! No, I called them that because they exist independently of the roster. It has nothing against... I have nothing against their size because I like... I like a lot of cruiserweights. I just think that the division is bullshit, and I'm looking at this from a kayfabe perspective where they are basically a gimmick. They're They are a gimmick, which is... Look at these high-flying losers who can't compete. Let's have them fight each other. I'm, and again, I'm talking about kayfabe. Yeah, which is often how I talk. I'm not you, talking you, about.
0: You, you know me. You know. You know I'm down with that. So.
2: Well, I know you. I don't know uh, a lot of people who are listening might be mm-hmm. confused by it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not calling them losers. I, I'm not saying their wrestling sucks. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of them. They're they're great. Um, I just think like when you have guys like Finn Balor who are. Mm-hmm. Who could be in their division, as far as I'm aware.
0: Yeah, uh, Finn, Finn Balor oh, definitely could fit in that uh, 2 I don't even think he's at 200. So he could be most definitely.
2: Yeah, I mean, he, he's winning the world title. What the hell are these guys doing? Like, <laughs> They're admitted losers. Well, or Do you understand my point?
0: I 100% completely get it. I'm looking at Finn Balor's Wikipedia page right now. He's listed at 190. So you look at a person like Finn Balor and then you look at a person like Adrian Neville. Adrian Neville is the Cruiserweight Champion. Finn Balor is the first ever Universal Champion. You ask the question, what's the difference between Finn Balor and Adrian Neville? And WWE has effectively, they're picking winners and losers. When they say this person is going to be in the, cruiserweight division and this person is not going to be in the cruiserweight division. Um and, and shit, I'm I'm looking at Neville right now. He's listed at 194. So, he's actually he he weighs more than Finn Balor. So, I completely get your point there. Don't dispute that. Don't argue it. That right. is an issue that I had. But it's like, okay, if this is the reality that WWE has established, then I'm not going to let that affect my enjoyment of the Cruiserweight division on a week-to-week basis. And I look and at that, the character... And that's
2: the, fine. That's fine. And I, I and I don't dispute that if I were to watch it and mm-hmm. give it a chance, I probably would like it to some degree. I just, I just can't... There's a part of me that just doesn't... That rejects fundamentally the whole mm-hmm. uh, foundation of the division. That I just, even if it were good, which I'm sure it is, I just don't care. I don't want to watch it. I especially, I don't want to watch it on Raw. That's one of my major points. Is I don't want to watch it on Raw because it just, it just, uh, it just interrupts my enjoyment of the show. Which, which, and I'm sure the matches are good. And mm-hmm. I watch some of them. But it's like I'm watching a show here, and here comes this other show, which I don't. I'm not into. And I gotta. It's it's like constantly. It's like three matches every day. I, on Raw and they're segmented so you can't just say, Okay, I'll just not watch hour one or something like you can on SmackDown when it's uh basically the third hour of SmackDown.
0: Look, just watch the friggin' show. I think you would enjoy the character of Neville, and that's a, we we talked about I this do. a little I bit like on it. we talked about this a little bit on Twitter. Um the, the character that Neville has right now, the King of the Cruiserweights, a guy who um his foundation is in power, strength, and dominance. 5'8", short-ass Neville cannot play the character that he plays right now if he's in leagues with everyone else. Like, you, you talk about matches with John Cena, Neville can't get in there and outpower Neville john cena neville can't get in there and outpower samoa joe or a braun strowman and i think that creating the cruiserweight division as flawed as it may be it does allow very talented wrestlers who we know for sure have ceilings on their careers and the things that they could accomplish in wwe because i don't
2: know that for sure but I, i don't know that neville has a ceiling
0: if he didn't have
1: a ceiling, how come his main roster debut, his first one, was so uh successful?
2: Is that a sarcasm, right? Yes, yes it is. Most okay, definitely. Uh, <laughs> um uh, I'm not disputing that it was awful and that it would it went nowhere. I'm just saying um who's to say that he wouldn't get a shot eventually, and I and I'm and I'm not saying that just because he's in the cruiserweight division he'll never get back on the the actual roster. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm and I'm again I'm not saying that the Neville character isn't awesome. It's it almost justifies the whole division for me, so I could see that argument. But unfortunately, the division is not the Neville division; it's the cruiserweight division, and he's a fairly new part of it. And th- um. I've enjoyed stuff in the division. I've been. I enjoyed the T.J. Perkins Kendrick feud, even though maybe a lot of people didn't. I I thought it was a fine feud, and I enjoy Kendrick when he's on the mic, uh, or in the commentary, or in the ring. But you know, he used to be uh, <laughs> against the actual roster, and it makes sense for a guy like him
0: mm-hmm.
2: because he's an admitted loser. If you if you, <laughs> if you, if you, listen, if you listen to him talk, uh, he. he <laughs> he's the he's going around trying to get TJ Perkins to throw the match so he could uh so he can get one last time to shine. And and it's fine for Neville too cuz he's an admitted loser in a way too. His his character has a lot to do with insecurity and, you know, I'm I'm big but I'm not big enough for these guys, so I'm going to go pick on these little guys. You know, fine. It's great. But um I just it just feels like a waste of my time because when I when I watch the the WWE product, I'm watching uh, universe because that's how they sell it to me and that's mm-hmm. what i bought into and i and i and i and i expect that these guys are going to be able to transition from one um one thing to the next so that what they do in in one segment of the show will matter in another segment but when i get the cruiserweight division it just feels like i'm suddenly watching a different show and i don't like that it's so pervasive on rod i really it just it's it's kind of annoying because i'm watching i want to watch rod i don't
0: want to watch uh,
2: 205
0: or whatever it's called and <laughs> hey, can i just say this you're missing out on jack gallagher
1: yes he's yeah as much good as we've spoke about neville jack Hallaher,
2: Gallagher. gallagher uh is he, the I, guy?
1: yes he's the umbrella guy the umbrella <laughs> guy yeah you're not you're not very fond of <laughs> he,
2: looks, <laughs> he looks kind of annoying though is that what i'm saying <sighs> he's I mean, he's a bit, he's a delight to watch in the ring he is
1: but he works because he's such a contrast to what we usually see. Like he's goofy in the ring, but he actually can go. I've seen, I've seen um, an NXT live uh, house show just recently, and Jack Alaher was there, and he's just as. I mean, if you don't prefer goofy, if you don't like a little uh, out of the box entertainment, then I can see how someone like Jack Alaher would get on your nerves. Um, I but do I think- like
2: out of the box entertainment. I just think he looks annoying. I'm not saying it's a substantive critique here. I'm just saying he looks annoying. <laughs> I can admit when I'm being shallow and I'm being shallow <laughs> I
0: think he looks Yeah, I,
2: mean, you, I it, remember,
0: you didn't you do this same thing with uh, talking about um, the size of Seth Rollins and Finn Balor? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that, that occurs a lot. Not just with uh, Finn Balor. When I see Kevin Owens next to Goldberg, I feel that way too which I think you might feel the same way. I don't know.
0: Well, I will, we'll, we'll I see n- next week on raw. Cause I know there was one point in time where Kevin Owens did that Kevin Owens show thing and he was in the ring with Goldberg and he looked like a jabroni next to Goldberg. We'll see <laughs> if that changed with, um, with his, uh, demeanor changing. Yeah. Maybe it improves the, uh, the look and the comparison between those two. But, um,
2: let me just say this. Uh, you like Lucha Underground. Um, and Lucha Underground... Hmm, maybe this comparison doesn't work because I don't know enough about Lucha Underground, but you could tell me. So the women, uh, they they face the men in Lucha, hey, Underground. Lucha Underground. They're Correct. mixed up with the, the men. Mm-hmm. Is there a dedicated women's division in Lucha Underground?
0: No. Or at least okay. back when I watched, it wasn't.
2: Oh, you, you don't watch anymore?
0: <sighs> Look, I'm a busy guy. so you actually you watched uh the cruiserweight show but you don't
2: watch uh,
0: it's because it's easy it's right there Mm -hmm. on the wwe network and you know i for the first few episodes of 205 live i just tuned in because i I forgot that talking smack was on an hour later and i was like oh hey well i'm here now let's check it out but through time you know, and, okay. and watching the show, on mistake. I ended up liking the show, but actually, something that I'll say for Lucha Underground, um, so y- you don't watch, so I'm sure you don't care about the spoiler. But actually, there's um a female competitor there by the name of Sexy Star. She actually won the top championship in Lucha Underground.
2: Okay, makes my point even better because, but my point is, what would how would you feel if all of a sudden uh, along comes a new women's division and there are women who don't compete with the men. They just uh, fight each other. Meanwhile, women are winning the world title and other women are facing the men still. Wouldn't you feel like these women in the women's division are just a bunch of losers? Because remember, in, in the reality that is Lucha Underground, uh, the, there's not much of a gender difference. It's like... You know the, I guess the the physics is different or whatever, which I can accept. It's fine.
0: But we had China back in the day, and still a women's division in WWE. Yeah,
2: but but China was was the sole exception to it, and and it was understood that uh, in in WWE it is understood that the women are not as strong as the men, uh, as it is in real life in Lucha Underground. Um. That distinction doesn't exist, so we can accept that the women... This is the same as the cruiserweights, because we understand that in real life, if cruiserweights were to go up against heavyweights, they'd get their ass beat. But in WWE, we've we've accepted at this point, and it wasn't always this way, but ever since you know Rey Mysterio and maybe even before that, we've accepted that cruiserweights can can fight heavyweights in the reality that is WWE. And then along comes this cruiserweight division, and these guys are just not fighting heavyweights because they're just losers. And I know you. I know but you've already you've already conceded my point. You said it, you understand the point, point. Yeah. and uh, I've conceded your point too. Like it's fine <laughs> if you enjoy it. I just don't want to see it on Raw, I, especially if it's like not segment uh, segregated. Because, uh, you know, I, well, I've already expressed uh, the reason why I don't. Like so
0: we so in the end, we're both right.
2: Sure. I mean, I, I don't just <laughs> think that it's entertaining, and that if you want to watch it, I'm not going to tell you it's not good. And maybe I would enjoy it too. I just, there are some things I can't enjoy in principle because of I just reject the premise. And a lot of indie shows are like this too. I, I see the Cruiserweight division as kind of like an indie show, which is like, yeah, I'm sure it's great. I just don't care. You know, I just don't care. I want to see the larger than life universe where anything can happen and then people could move up in the world. And one day they're at the bottom and now they're the world champion. You know, I want to see that kind of thing. hmm. Uh-huh but that's not what you get with this division. And who knows, maybe it'll I don't see it lasting that long. I could I could say that. I'm I'm sure a lot of these cruiserweights will be in the main roster someday.
0: Well, I brought you on here mainly in hopes of trying to get you to watch 205 live, but I don't think I was successful in that regard.
2: Um, I'll watch it if you give me like an episode that you think is good. I Bet. I just don't Sorry, say again. I said bet. Got gotcha. you. Two. How about two
1: weeks ago with that a uh, fatal five way match? Was it okay. two weeks ago? Um, it was. Oh boy, it was like it was Jack Gallagher, um, Mustafa Ali, uh, T.J. Perkins, Kendrick, and who was the fifth person? Um, and in any event, the fatal five way I will go on to say, uh, just not too long ago was arguably the best match that's been on a two hundred five live program in my opinion since they've started. Um if there were anyone that I would direct you towards, it would be that
2: one. Okay.
0: I'll look around.
2: Okay. Alright.
0: Well, thank you for stopping by, Steven.
2: Oh, am I getting kicked off now?
0: I, do you want to stick around?
2: <laughs> uh I don't know. Are you gonna are you gonna talk about the cruiserweight to visit or <laughs> are you gonna talk about the actual show?
0: The a- this is a show. <laughs> oh god.
1: I mean, I mean, uh, since we're talking about things Steven thinks are flops, do you want to talk about the ending to SmackDown?
0: Oh, God. That um, really
1: uh, shoddy attempt at a draw? Those oh, yeah. alternative well, facts
2: that fake yeah, news Danny
0: Bryan are... was pushing out there. <laughs> I agree. We don't huh?
2: have instant replay.
0: There were no cameras <laughs> over there.
2: Well, what, what, was that a botch or what? It was definitely. Um, they, oh, they They, they fucked, fucked up
0: in the execution of it. I guess they were supposed to hit the ground at the same time, but whatever happened, happened. You know, it's wrestling, it's live, and you don't necessarily want to put the blame on anybody. But stuff like this happens.
2: Yeah, what are we going to do, really? I guess they they can't – you got to just accept it, but it is stupid because –
0: when it does happen though, I I mean, hey, I had a lot of fun on it. I got a whole hell of a lot of retweets and, and, and likes on Twitter. So uh thank you, WWE. I got some new followers too for all of that. So i like it of course shit like this happens in wrestling when everything is live and in real time and they already had plans. It's very clear that, you know, we were gonna have uh, an AJ Styles versus Luke Harper match no matter what what happened and they continued on they 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 pushed right on through with their plans but you know what can we do but you know make fun of it and (laughs) keep moving to next week
2: yeah i wasn't even i wasn't even sure if it was a botch at first i thought they were really trying to say that because they both left the ring it was a draw but i guess it was it was that they were supposed to hit the ground at the same time Mm mm-hmm
1: I'm not even mad that they attempted that finish, like, the finish in and of itself, I mean, it had a very large margin for error, they've done it before with Luger and Brett, um, which really makes you appreciate when it does go right, and, like, Cena and Batista in the 05 Rumble, that was a complete accident, and it was just, it, it was so perfect, like, you couldn't replicate that, so, like, I don't fault them for going for that finish, but it, you know, I can't help but notice, like, oh, that was really not the best attempt. Sorry, guys. but it's <laughs> but like,
2: really all... interesting what they're doing. Like, the whole storyline is intriguing to me. Even though part of me just feels like... Part of me is not fully invested because I just see that Wyatt is set up to look like a complete asshole here. Mm-hmm. But part of me, like, really wants to get into this because there's a lot of cool stuff going on, you know? Why Wyatt... Why
1: is Wyatt an asshole?
2: Um, he's... Because when Randy betrays him, he's just gonna look like an idiot.
1: Um, I mean, yeah, I, admittedly, yes. But like, I kind of enjoy, I kind of enjoy where they're going with that, though, because it, it plants a seed of doubt, at least in my mind, as to when Randy is actually going to turn. Because some might say he would turn prior to the WrestleMania match, and some might say he might actually turn in the match. And I like the dynamic that you know randy's indecision and just waiting in the wings kind of moment i like what it's doing for harper's character because harper's been the one who's like not trusted randy orton this whole time and so with orton being this double agent who's submitting to the master and then also you know subtly looking over at the title when the camera pans to him i've i've enjoyed it And i don't think like it does make Wyatt look a little dumb because he trusted randy when he really shouldn't have but if that's the only weakness his character has in this run, I'm okay with it. That's a still... pretty,
2: it's a pretty big weakness. I, I still think there's a way to save that, and they might do it because this the SmackDown creative team is is fairly smart. They're not, uh, you can't really underestimate them because they do a lot of smart things. So it could be that they're going for this, but if if Wyatt sees it coming. That'll be amazing because it'll just be like I just used you for all these weeks. You thought you were getting the better of me. I knew what was going on. I'm not a fucking idiot. I'm a cult leader, you know.
0: I think I'm actually trying to do you that. kings to the kingdom on purpose.
2: You don't like you don't like that, Jay?
0: Oh, I said I, I I would like that.
2: Oh yeah yeah. Um, I actually I'm starting to like this. Uh, at first I didn't like the pairing of Wharton and Wyatt. I thought <laughs> it was like eh, they didn't really go together well. But I'm starting to like it. Like I'm getting a feel like Orton is like Darth Vader, and and uh, and what? Wyatt is like Emperor Palpatine. I <laughs>
0: wish it was actually that. I wish, but I look at this and I don't get the I don't get the punch. Like I'm not feeling the hook. Of everything that's going on and you all you know you're sitting here and you're talking about what could happen and maybe it'll go in this direction but i'm not feeling anything of of substance up to this point for me to be invested into where it could possibly go
2: no i agree with you i'm very hesitant to get invested because of that like i feel like there's there's not that much here for me to get invested to but there's some that really makes me want to get invested like when wyatt gives a great promo or when when Orton does something cool and unexpected, like says, I'm not going to fight you. I didn't see that coming. I thought they would just go for the turn right there or something. Mm-hmm. And, or or when Wyatt beats Cena and AJ clean, which almost makes you forget about all that shit that happened. Two nights Bray. in a row.
0: Two nights in a row, i might add. Bray Wyatt, the wrestler, he's been doing some damn good uh, stuff. But my issue with the whole thing is the relationship between him and and randy orton and i talked about this last week and maybe you could give me some insight into this steven because i know you're a big kayfabe guy why is randy orton even aligned with bray wyatt
2: yeah see that's the that's the major problem i have with it and i'm starting to see some kind of some kind of understanding of why he is but it's not it's not really enough for me to get it uh, as far as I can tell, he's just doing it to get Wyatt because he doesn't think he thinks that if he if he um if he goes after Bray directly, Luke Harper is going to be there, so we have to, he has to destroy it from the inside. But really, it, that doesn't make much sense because he, he's going to leave you alone eventually. He he leaves everyone alone eventually. You know, <laughs> he's he doesn't go after Scene anymore, so just you, you just have to beat him enough times to leave you alone. But um. If they go the smart way, I could see some things here because Randy did give an interview. And I didn't really read or see this full interview. I just saw a snippet of it, which mm-hmm. intrigued me. He said something like, "I want to be with the most dominant group." He said I, he said he he acknowledges that Bray's group is the most dominant, which uh, also doesn't make much sense because it's not really the most dominant but i could see it, it from i could see it from the perspective of it has the most potential or he sees something in Bray that's that's very uh that's very dominant and that he could latch onto. Dalton, you were going to say?
1: It it's just fu- funny to me because like i understand this is Orton talking in character but like they really didn't get a, any kind of a main event push until Orton joined the Wyatt family because if you're with Orton you've got protective booking. So you know, I yeah. I don't I don't think the title or anything was a motivation. I think I think your analysis that he's just trying to destroy the cult from the inside out is probably you know his best bet. He's a viper. He's sadistic. He's he's serial and um maybe that's all we really need to read into
2: it. I, I'd like to nah. think that there's a greater motivation. Look, but... dude, there was a great promo that Randy gave while he was fighting Wyatt oh man he said something like he told like a story about I think I might just have to pull it up because it's the so... story
0: about the snake yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking
2: about yeah that but I just don't want the story to be that I don't want the story to be that he just wants to destroy the cult from the inside and then break falls for like a sucker because that's stupid I wish that this was something have you guys seen Death Note no no Oh, man, if you saw Death Note, you would really understand what I'm trying to get at. In Death Note, I don't know, uh, can I go into this? Sure. This
0: go ahead.
2: I don't, I don't really know what the rules are on, this, uh, on the podcast. So. The
0: rule is there are no rules.
2: Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> um, in mean, Death Note, uh, basically the story is uh, this sociopath gets a notebook. He can kill anyone by writing their name in the notebook. So he gets the idea that he's going to become like God. He starts killing a bunch of people criminals really He starts like enacting his own idea of justice there's this detective named l who is hunting him down now light who is, who is the sociopath he knows that l is hunting him down and l thinks that he knows who this guy is so he's going to infiltrate him directly by going up to him and saying i'm the guy who's looking after you i think you're this, guy, this sociopath and it gets really interesting because what starts off as a game of cat and mouse, because they don't know each other's identity. He just El just goes up to him directly and says, "I'm El. I think you're uh, Kira, who is the 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 guy who's doing all these murders, and I'm gonna find you out." And it becomes this psychological game where both of them are both of them kind of know what's going on. They both know that they're trying to get each other, but they have to put on this facade because if one of them slips up, uh, either one of them could die or one of them could be caught depending on who they are. You know, if it's, if it's L Light's trying to kill L and L's trying to lock up light. So they, they, they know what's going on, but it's this constant back and forth of mental um, tennis basically. And actually they use the metaphor of tennis in the show to, to show what's going on between them. I wish this was like what Randy and, and Bray was, were doing because it could be a case of Randy is infiltrating the group. Why it knows that he's doing that. And we know that both of them know, but they're they're really trying to outsmart each other while they're on the same side. Mm-hmm. And it's this constant psychological game. I think that would be really interesting and they haven't really done that. So I think this, this has a lot of potential, but they haven't done what I wanna see.
0: Yeah, knowing what we know about the characters of Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton, how they play that psychological warfare, they could be doing so much more with this storyline, and I'm not really seeing it at all. Like There is no depth to anything that's going on with Randy Orton's partnership with the Wyatt family. It's just there, and if it ends up leading in the direction that it seems like it's going to lead now, like the typical, um, you know, I I come in and I destroy you from the inside out... <laughs> It has yeah, so bland. much more potential than that. Just look at all of the things that we've seen from the characters of Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. and For Bray Wyatt to finally make it to the top tier in WWE, shit, he is a WWE champion right now. If it was any time to pull the trigger and you know do something special and out there, exactly like what Steven just laid out right now, this would be the time. And Randy Orton would be that person to do it with. I
2: even think, like, the Darth Vader thing would be cool, too. That'd yeah. be a different... Like, all you have to say is, like, Orton's like, fuck, I used to be this killer, and now I'm not. Uh, Bray's the killer now, so I'm going to go under his tutelage. And I then, am yeah, you could
0: have... I'm so, so damn, glad, that I, now. I am so damn glad I decided, you know, just stay on the friggin' show, because I... That idea honestly sounds so fucking amazing, because it gives an extra layer to the character of randy orton that doesn't make him seem like a mindless drone where it's like he's not just doing the bidding of uh bray wyatt because if you look at the relationship between the emperor and darth vader darth vader was a badass in his own right and i it never seemed like he was the emperor's quote-unquote bitch like yeah. he, he was his own man and able to do damage on his own but still it was understood what the you know who the patriarch was in that relationship man
1: it's it's a shame because that what you just laid out sounds really really intriguing and it kind of makes me wish i was watching death note
2: um but also you should watch it it's a good show for is this it.
0: like an anime or something
2: uh yeah. yeah it's mainly an anime but there's a live action adaption that's pretty good right. but i'd say you watch the anime um you don't even have to watch the whole thing, because really, the, only the first, I'd say, like, there's a point in the show where it just drops off, so you could stop watching at that point, and you, you'll you know the point if you start watching. <laughs> the,
1: the sad thing about this whole lineup is, while as impressive as that sounds, and I really want that now, is if Orton comes out successful, I think it's probably the death of the Bray Wyatt character, at least as he is right now. Well because we have said
2: it? that a lot before, so we get We have
1: <laughs> he'll have absolutely nobody following him anymore. Like it's like if Harper goes his separate way too, because it seems to be that they're you know giving him something of a push. If Harper goes away too, either you need to have new cult members, in which case where the hell is Sister Abigail, or you need to fundamentally change Bray Wyatt. And yeah, I don't think I don't think him right now like the only option I can see is them turning him face. And while I think Bray Wyatt has, or sorry, while I think the wrestler Wyndham Rotunda has it in him to be a face, I don't think the character is suited for a face. He would have to completely re- redesign himself. And I'm where it's going right now, I don't think that we have enough steps in motion to put that through.
2: Yeah, I don't, I, I do think he could be a good face in the same way that CM Punk could be a good face. I just don't want to see it. Like, uh, CM Punk was a a good face, but he was an excellent heel. Uh, Bray Wyatt's kind of the same thing. Like, I have no doubt that if Bray Wyatt were to be a face, he'd get over and it'd be just fine. I just think, like, his character is just more suited for, for being a heel. Mm-hmm. Actually, his character's interesting because he's, like, a face heel. Like, it's fine if the crowd cheers him because that just feeds into the cult leader thing more.
0: Yeah. And that, that was my big thing, too, because uh, I think they chanted, you deserve it, at him and I, was, I hate
2: that chant that's the me worst too. Chant.
0: me too and i was i was getting so ready i was getting ready to get mad but i was like oh it, it plays into um in, into the gimmick of bray wyatt being a cult leader and having all of his fireflies basically he's indoctrinating people so it, it plays into his character so i'll, I'll accept it there but yeah that you deserve it it that's just people wanting to be a part of a moment that's all that is
2: yeah. We're going
1: to be a part of that moment at WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, shit, are who going... are we going to chant it at? They didn't already get the title.
1: Oh, yeah. Steven, uh, Cass, Jay, and I are going to WrestleMania.
2: All right, cool. Where is it again? In Orlando. Orlando. Oh, cool. Well, you'll see uh, Goldberg versus uh, you know, Lesnar. Uh-huh. And,
0: uh... <laughs> Look, I nothing's you gonna said stop that with absolutely a no enthusiasm whatsoever but here's the thing i've said it before i'll say it again i will not let wwe dictate whether i have fun or not in Orlando. oh yeah you you always have happen. fun mm-hmm.
2: even if the card is shit you have fun
0: yep a, a case shows. in point or last year mm-hmm.
2: i don't even remember the card that's how bad it was <laughs>
0: Let, Roman Reigns uh, in Triple H main event. That, that says, feels like
2: so long ago. I can't believe that was my question. <laughs> oh
0: man. does. Man.
2: Um, yeah, the Bray Wyatt character, so, is so much potential. They really don't play it up. The Coles leader thing is I, I wish, I kind of wish they kept Braun with him, you know? Um, why didn't they give Braun Strowman this push when he was a Bray Wyatt?
0: Uh, I don't know, but DeBron, I, I'm quite sure he's not complaining. That yeah. dude, he he's going places. He and he's really great is. too.
2: He's really good. Yes.
0: Mhm.
2: Like he's impressive and um, he's a badass. Like you don't have that many badasses, and he's a badass while being kind of ridiculous too. Like he looks kind of stupid, but like you can't argue that he's kicking everyone's ass and he's really athletic and all this.
0: One thing I want to talk about before we head off air. And this shocked the hell out of me. So we got to start uh, from the beginning with Naomi having to relinquish the SmackDown Women's Championship. For that to happen, and not just happen, but for WWE to place Daniel Bryan... In that situation, knowing everything that we know about Daniel Bryan and knowing that he was put in basically the same freaking situation and he ended up retiring after all of that, those two people standing in the ring in that moment, it hit me. I was sitting there like, man. At yeah, first, me too. I didn't want to believe it because I followed Naomi's career literally since she stepped foot In WWE on that very first episode of NXT season three, and to compare her career to AJ's, they started out at the same damn time, and AJ went on to be at one point the longest reigning Divas champion, won multiple championships, and Naomi, she's in the Funkadactyls, and she's not really (laughs) doing anything with her career, or WWE is not doing anything with her. She finally gets a championship in WWE, she has to relinquish the title just listening to that crowd just me being caught up in the emotion of that moment i had an epiphany i was like god damn it naomi is a bigger and better baby face than bailey is how the fuck did this happen
2: i don't i don't see that uh, it's, are you sure that's p- not because you just have a special attachment to Naomi? I don't no, think. No, 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 no. But the crowd sees it that way.
0: But I have to disagree. Okay, on, I think I, the, from the perspective uh, well. of the crowd, and you know, I don't like speaking for the crowd. You know, it is what it is with the crowd. But I th- there's a whole hell of a lot of emotional attachment, more attachment to Naomi as a champion than Bailey as a champion and that's not something that just started when they won titles if you look at the way the wwe has handled bailey ever since she debuted on the main roster she's been severely mishandled at nearly every single step within the first Mm -hmm. few weeks of her being on the main roster she beat the then women's champion charlotte knowing who bailey is as an underdog and following her on her journey up through the ranks in nxt that is not the same Bailey that I knew and loved down in NXT. They had the ultimate underdog in Bailey, a transformational figure, or at least someone who had the potential to be a transformational figure. Because there's never, out of the entire history of WWE and all of the name changes that they've been through, they have never had a female character that was anything near what Bayley represented down in NXT. And if they had handled her correctly up on the main roster, she could have been something special. When I look at Bayley, I don't see anything special at all. And to see well, her you, in the ring... I don't either. Don't you think her, they
2: blew that big title in too?
0: Yeah, and that that yeah. goes further to my point. Because Naomi winning her championship felt like a bigger moment than bailey winning hers and the story yep, that they a, told with naomi, I, I would agree the promo that she cut after the match i honestly feel like she's a bigger and better babyface than bailey and there had to be many missteps to get bailey to that point but also it's like a bittersweet thing and the sweet part about it is shit naomi she got her time to shine
1: i uh i i i would agree that in this moment, Naomi does look like a better babyface than Bayley um, because you're simply not booking her true to her character or the character that she established down in NXT. But I wouldn't necessarily say like that they're going the route of what they would have wanted for Bailey for Naomi. Um, and it's not to say anything about her talent because I think Naomi is extremely underrated when it comes to in the ring. Um, but I feel like that moment tore on your heartstrings because of who was placed in the ring and what they were actually like vis- visually trying to accomplish. Um, and I hate it for Naomi, but at the same time, yeah, I I don't think you establish an underdog character by not featuring her featuring her on TV because Naomi has been I mean she's gotten a little bit of a buzz the last couple of weeks, uh, maybe even the last couple of months and unfortunately this injury you know takes her off of TV for a while, but, I I don't know I could I couldn't say that she's been a consistent enough figure even on I don't SmackDown. Really, I
2: don't really see her as an underdog.
1: I I, I do only in that when um, they had the contract signing with the four women in the ring two or three weeks ago, <laughs> Alexa Bliss was like, uh, "I'm gonna take you out and you out and oh oh hey Naomi hey I'm gonna take you out too I've got your number." Like she wasn't even addressing her on the microphone, and in that moment I thought Alexa was treating her like you know an afterthought, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say that Naomi's an underdog either.
0: Oh, and, yeah. and that's not what I'm... I'm not saying that Naomi is taking the place in the gimmick that Bayley should have had. I'm just simply looking at them as two female characters that are faces and saying that Naomi is succeeding where Bayley... Um, I won't necessarily say it's failing, but it's just that the potential of the Bayley character, I don't think WWE is capturing it. I watched that segment with them on Monday and you would think that something and and someone is saying it in the chat, there's something a little more authentic about Naomi's path to the title. If you look at Bailey in that segment with her and Stephanie and Sasha and Charlotte, I felt nothing.
2: Well the reason why that is is because Naomi's um Naomi's struggle for the title is legitimate while Bailey's is only a storyline.
1: It's a virtue of her character. Like I think there's an element of maturity that Naomi has that's simply that Bailey doesn't have because her character kind of forces her to be a child. like oh, shucks, I don't want to want I don't want to win the title by un unhonest means. Let me give this back to you.
2: I wish she did yeah that
0: would have been that, <laughs> at least straight, that, would have, that would have created some sympathy for her and you know not like what she did and she's like oh hell no and i'm like okay look at you little slick mouth little girl you, you growing up i guess now she's
2: <laughs> yeah don't you agree you agree though right i i thought that too i was like wow this is interesting because um like i've never seen a, a baby face with some ethics before like you give mm-hmm. back the title okay that's interesting and then they just pulled that out from under me. And Lance Storm seemed to agree. And I guess that's that's a good thing because he's pretty smart when it comes to these things.
0: Yeah, I think that they could have done so much more with that. Actually have her give up the championship, cry a little bit and say that, you know, it, it would have been one thing if you took the title from me. But the fact that I have to give it back, it just, you know, it it hurts me that much more and, you know. Have those tears welling up in her eyes and say that she's gonna win it back, like something just to, to just to you know drum up some feels. Cause I don't I don't get the feels when I look at Bailey anymore, and that's a problem.
2: Well, maybe it's because that story was told already. You know, I think a lot of us expect that they would they're just gonna do the same thing with Bailey um, as they did in NXT, and maybe that's not appropriate anyway because. It is one big universe, so she already went through that arc. Maybe we don't need to see it again. Uh, that's just a possibility. I but mean, well, if I do, you, uh, I do agree.
0: Like the level of competition, I can't. I guess we could. The level of competition is tougher on the main roster. Yeah, and I, I do agree.
2: Like but this is this is crazy how they, how they're throwing out these title changes. You know, I'm kind of fine with it when it comes to Sasha and mm-hmm. Charlotte because that's. Uh, I like the idea that they're 50-50. You know, I I know a lot of people don't like 50-50 booking and I don't either, mm-hmm. but in some cases I do like it. In cases where where it's meant that they're they're l- literally equal, I like that idea. Yes. Like I like I like that two people could be so equal that they just they can't seem to like get a consistent lead over the other. But I don't mm-hmm. like it when Bailey wins the world uh, the the women's world title on a RAW and what else is there? You know, even Naomi's it had her moment So what the hell They Every baby face that they have And they had quite a few big baby faces In the women's division overall Has had their big moment now What is left at this point? There's nothing left
0: Turn Dana Brooke face Give her that
2: moment no one cares about dana brooke <laughs>
0: <laughs> no one cares about her at all i think i think the reason
1: they're just giving away title um, uh title changes on raw is because you know the pay-per-view title uh matches are reserved for charlotte you know since we can't seem to get rid of her streak
2: i know but still uh i i don't like it like um that's that's a liability with the women's division is that there's only one there's only one achievement you can get, really, and that's the women's title. So, once you get that, where do you go from there? It's kind of like, I mean, there's a similar problem in the main roster, like once you win the world title, but it's a bit different in there because there's always sort of new competition and things happen. But with the women's divisions, like, okay, Bailey was already the, the, the big champion. What else is there for her to go through now? And I still like, like, when it it works a lot with Charlotte and Sasha because they could say, yeah, I was the champion, but I still can't beat my rivals, so I can still be invested in that. Even though maybe everyone's getting sick of it at this point, and I am too to some degree, I still feel like that rivalry has, as many times as we've seen that match, they still manage to make it convincing that they're really, you know... um Neck and neck. It mm-hmm. kinda reminds me, it kinda reminds me of tennis. I don't really watch tennis, but I I have friends who are big tennis fans and they tell me about tennis often. <laughs> and from what I from what I understand from what I understand in tennis, the same like three guys have been on top yeah. for the past like ten years. What is it? Roger Federer, Djokovic uh, and Nadal, and Nadal. And Y'all yeah, so, are over my head on this one. <laughs> well it is too to me it's to some degree too, but I have some familiarity with it. And I remember asking them, I'm like, "Don't you get uh, don't you get bothered? Like, isn't this boring? Like, I've had Cena on top for ten years. I'm kind of bored with it. Don't aren't you sick of Federer?" And they're like, "No, not really. Like, it's like they're the best, so we like watching it. And and it's interesting to see like who wins. They, sometimes one guy beats the other, and I I think that's kind of cool to have that in wrestling. Mm-hmm. But with ba- with Bailey, she's not really she doesn't have that with." Um, with Charlotte, I see Bailey as like more of a Daniel Bryan. Like her versus Charlotte should should have been more like Daniel Bryan versus Triple H, you know, not like two equal rivals, more like one underdog trying to over overturn like the big bad, you know.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Well, as far as Naomi is concerned, I hope that she's good to go for yeah. Naomi media. still
2: has
1: still has uh, oh, some stories oh. with her. There's a there's a silver lining here, and I almost forgot. Um, she does have a minor knee injury, and I feel very bad for her. But it's more than likely going to be that she can return at WrestleMania, and since WrestleMania will be in Orlando, in her hometown, just maybe they could have her win it back in Orlando.
2: Well, let hope. I I feel like I feel like it's she's not going to be in that match, but.
1: She might not, but, like, the rule this year is that no female superstar can win their first title at, at pay-per-view. Uh, I'm sorry, at WrestleMania, because everybody who's in women's title contention has already held a title at least once this year. Or this, not this calendar year, but this year in wrestling, if you will. Um, everybody's already held the title at least once, so nobody's going to be a brand-new first-time champion. Might as well put it on the hometown hero.
2: Do it. I mean, I I would too, but I don't. I don't know if it will happen.
0: I mean, even if she's not 100 percent good to go, just have her make the entrance. I just want to see the entrance.
1: I want to get my money's worth. I know Cass is cheap. <laughs> he wants to get his money's worth. <laughs> oh,
0: that's it's a, whole a, other it's a story cool. There.
2: It's a cool entrance.
0: Alrighty, guys. Anything more to say before we head off air?
2: Oh, man, I have all these wrestling opinions, but I think I might have got most of them out. <laughs> Because I haven't been uh, on on a show for a while, so I just have everything inside of me.
1: Me either, Stephen. It's it's amazing how that happens. We weren't even planning this, and it turned out to be pretty good, I think.
0: Well, I mean, you're uh, you're the both of you are not on shows for different reasons. It's because Dalton just doesn't show up. Yeah. Oh
2: gosh. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, what's my reason?
0: Well, your opinion sucks. I'm just kidding. No, see, I really, 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 really enjoyed talking to Steven because he, he just listened back to the show and listen to all of the things that he said, you know. It's, oh, it's no, a good no. Shit. I was in
1: I was enthralled the whole time. I mm-hmm. there's, uh, there's no there's no, uh, there's no uh contention over his opinions. I'm just trolling. Well, see, the no, thing, I know. thanks.
0: I guess the thing is, it's just that you know, like, cast for me, that's my homie. He's gonna no, I get it. He's, I, see, he's, I see how it is, Jay. I see no, is. no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I mean, you're you right. You know, I'm just saying with with Cass, like he's very like assertive. In my role as like the the the, the commander of the show, the I like having Cass there because he's uh because he's very assertive in the way that he controls the flow of the show and he like alleviates the pressure on me and and we kind of have a good like working partnership between us but um I think that going forward I would like to mix it up every now and again get some you know new faces or new voices on the show I think that would be cool So Steven sure. you're you're welcome back anytime you know you you said hey let's uh let's debate on the show I got something interesting to talk about and shit Here you are. So um, anytime you want to be back on the show, just let me know. All right. Sure thing. All right. Dalton, anything from you?
1: Uh, I'm just glad to be back doing this thing. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, I hate that I've been absent as much as I have, but uh, I ain't going to let that happen again.
0: Okay. So we can update the uh, tracker uh, Days Without Incident 1.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Next week. Oh, killed (laughs) the (laughs) streak. Reset
0: it back to zero. All right, um, thank you guys for tuning in. And next week, the show, I don't even know if we're doing a show next week because we got stuff going on. Just make sure you follow me on Twitter, at PWF Empire. And we'll probably do a show. Maybe it'll be on like Thursday or something like that because we got to get this last mark standing championship ready.
1: I'm waiting to see that. Where's
0: that at, man? It's, It's coming. It's coming. Um I'm, and I want a bloodbath. <laughs> man, there're like some real there there's some real life tension there too. So I, I know, that's
1: why it's that's why I'm like waiting with bated breath. There's <laughs> it's
0: not it's not just hayfave. There's some heat. Maybe I'm just trying to protect Lucas cuz I know he's going to get stomped out. <laughs> he is going to he's going to get jumped. Like he he's going to get jumped. He is. Um <laughs> Yeah, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you later. Peace.
1: Free Lucas.